ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. Airbnb changed the way we holiday, increasing competition and opening up new destinations. But now in some places, it's starting to overstay its welcome. From New York City to Byron Bay, the rules are tightening as cities struggle to accommodate their own residents. Today, economic and urban geographer Thomas Sigler on regulating short-stay rentals and whether it will really help solve the housing crisis. Thomas, to understand the rise of the Airbnb, it's worth just stepping back and considering where it all began. Sure. So Airbnb was founded by three guys Mm -hmm. with a couch. And they lived in San Francisco as roommates and they had a couch to spare. And it was the Democratic National Convention was in San Francisco, and they built a digital app to uh, actually monetize that couch, not realizing that they would soon become billionaires. And we're at a point now, I think, where most of us have stayed in an Airbnb at some point, and they're all around the world. They began popping up here in Australia in 2012. Just tell me about the growth here. Yeah, so the the growth of of Airbnb, and when I say Airbnb, I'm generally referring to digital short-term rentals, was rapid. First and foremost, Australians are are very digitally connected. You know, we have a very high internet uptake and most of us have smartphones. Second of all, there's a a long tradition of of holidaying in Australia where we sort of trade houses, you know, uh, go to to the beach for a week. And uh, it was quite logical. And Australians are also very mobile, so people renting out their homes when they traveled was quite logical. So the uptake was really rapid. And it surged right up until the the eve of COVID in 2019, when we counted 350,000 properties that at some point in the year were uh, available on the platform. But that sort of fell after the pandemic, did it? Yeah, that's right. With the pandemic, we saw some very significant changes in the short-stay accommodation market. First and foremost, the the closure of the borders meant that international tourists weren't coming. So of the 350,000, on any given night, about 200,000 of those were available. And that figure, both of those figures dropped by about 30% during the pandemic Mm -hmm. and and sort of bottomed out in, in early 2021. Okay. Is that rebounded yet? It hasn't. No. And that's that's kind of the interesting thing. We've just run the numbers, actually. We found that there's been some rebound, mm-hmm. but not an entire rebound. And to be perfectly honest, I'm not convinced there will be a rebound. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I guess, importantly, we need to know what percentage of the housing stock is taken up by Airbnb. Do we know that? Well, roughly, yes. So there's approximately, as I said, 200,000 dwellings that at any given time could be a short-term rental. Now, that's not just Airbnb. That's also stays and some other similar platforms. Now, I think it's important to drill down and look at what those actually are. Mm -hmm. A lot of those are people's second homes. They're genuinely people's second homes, ones that they very rarely use. A lot of those are bespoke vacation rentals. So 
apartments on, on the beach, apartments in the Gold Coast, for example, that were never built to be anything but short stay accommodation. Mm -hmm. And then there's about a quarter of those properties that are what we call hosted stays. And what we mean by hosted stay is somebody opening up a room in their own home for a visitor, either for one night or several nights. So Air Airbnbs really come in all shapes and sizes. But to answer your question directly, it would be about 2% of the housing stock in any given form. Okay, so Thomas, Airbnb has really taken off and it's pretty good if you want a holiday and you don't want to pay for a really expensive hotel, but there are downsides and governments are worried Airbnbs are gobbling up valuable property that could be rented out long term. In really popular spots like Byron Bay, residents are really worried about this too, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. I think I think there is some concern in communities. All of the places that people live have been turned into Airbnb. Anything that is available is outrageously priced because they can ask what they want. But I, th I think the concern actually stems from multiple angles. It's not simply just a housing supply issue. I think there's some behavioral issues, some some concerns over things like bad behavior, potentially partying or leaving the house in poor condition. It's like the sound of a decent party going off at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday night. It's not okay that they disrespect where they are. And also just, you know, in, in a lot of places, maybe not in Australia, there's a real concern over over-tourism. So there's various concerns from various angles of the community, yes. All right. In response, the New South Wales government has just allowed the Byron Shire Council to tighten restrictions on short-term stays to alleviate housing pressures, they say. Homeowners will only be able to rent their entire properties short-term for 60 days a year. That's down from 180 days. What's your view of that decision? All I can say is that, you know, there, there are different ways to regulate it. And I think it is high time for regulation. Mm -hmm. I think it was sort of the Wild West the last decade. But I think governments really need to think long and hard about why they're regulating. Uh -huh. So, for example, in Victoria, they've introduced this 7.5% levy. And I have yet to see a convincing argument as to why. I guess I guess the the only argument I can see is that hotels and other accommodation providers have compliance costs that short-term rental accommodation providers don't have. But in my mind, I think a lot of these caps are, at this point, pretty arbitrary. There's nothing magical about 60 or 90 or 180 days. So you mentioned in Victoria, the government has taken action with this 7.5% tax on Airbnbs. That's revenue raising, isn't it? It says the money will go back into the housing system. It predicts it'll be around $30 million a year. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, 30 million will not in any way alleviate Victoria's housing shortages. It's primarily, at least this is my perception and the perception of others on this topic, it's a punitive tax. Mm. So the idea is it's meant to be a slap on the wrist to hosts to say, hey, maybe you should reconsider converting your apartment to an Airbnb. In my mind, I don't think they would come out and say that, but I think that's probably what we all agree it is. Let's have a look at other places around the world because, of course, New York City, for one, isn't taking it anymore. It's actually brought in really quite tough new rules against Airbnb. Tell me what they are. Yeah, so New York has brought in a de facto ban on Airbnb, and that's a 30-day cap on non-hosted stays. So what the city is saying is you can rent out a room in your own home as long as you like, 365 days a year, 
reason being is that that's equivalent to having a flatmate. So there's nothing wrong with that. However, New mm -hmm. York has a quite a tight housing market and they've said not in our city. So the 30 day cap means if somebody's away from home on holidays for two weeks or three weeks, that's fine. But they don't want someone making a business out of it. Also, I see the rules mean there's a maximum of two guests at a time, which would mean that families are effectively barred. So it's quite a big change in how Airbnb operates in a big city like New York. Yes, absolutely. The cap of two limits the type of people that can stay in these. So if you're a multi-generational family, let's say you've brought grandma along for a family holiday or, or you've got the kids in tow, your only option's a hotel. And hotels aren't often suitable for, for families of five. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't take the dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So Thomas, I guess the bottom line is whether or not Airbnbs are worsening the housing crisis here in Australia and, and of course elsewhere, many people think Airbnbs are a big problem and need more regulation to protect locals, you know, to alleviate the fact that there's a lot of people out there right now that are finding it really difficult to find somewhere to live long term. Yeah, that's right. And I think action does need to be taken. I'm typically of the opinion that Airbnb is not the solution. Mm -hmm. There's certainly a number of houses. And when I say a number, I mean dozens or hundreds uh, in each jurisdiction, probably not thousands unless we're talking about Sydney, that could be made available for long-term tenants. Now, oftentimes, and not always, these are million-dollar properties with swimming pools. Mm -hmm. So typically the pool of tenants who are looking are not the same as the tenants who would be, you know, availed to these properties in the event that they were converted. So I think short-term rental legislation is a piece of the puzzle, but to be perfectly honest, I feel that it's a very, very small piece of the affordability and supply puzzle. And that I think a lot more dramatic measures need to be considered in order to, to create housing for everybody. Yeah, all right. But it's not just wealthy residents and and great big homes that are the problem. For some councils, they can't even find places for workers to live, like essential workers. And that's a point that's been made by Byron's Mayor, Michael Leon. We are probably one of the most expensive places in the state. We have the highest rate of homelessness. There's more homeless people in sheer numbers now than the city of Sydney. We don't want to wipe out the industry, but we need to break the investment model so we don't have people coming in, buying up properties, kicking out long-term tenants and turning them into short stays. He's really concerned by that. That is a problem, isn't it? Absolutely. But in the particular case of Byron, there may be other factors at hand. I mean, there's a, a very small amount of developable land and there's been a, a very limited appetite for social housing in Byron Shire. And so I think categorically over time, I think the needs of those populations have been ignored. It's just now that there's a crisis that people are sort of finding uh, a scapegoat and that scapegoat does tend to be short-term rentals. Well, the Victorian government and the Byron Shire Council are taking some action who next do you think? Are there other state leaders willing to go even further, perhaps as far as they've gone in New York City, to regulate this sector? It's a really tough thing to regulate. And the reason, I'll get perfect example is where I am right now. Mm. So full disclosure, I'm staying in a short-term rental. And the reason I'm staying in a short-term rental right now is that I'm in Western Tasmania in a town called Strawn. Now, there's not many hotels here, and they get a huge influx of tourists at school holidays and in the summer. And there would be absolutely nowhere for people to stay in the tourism economy of Western Tasmania. So Tasmania, for example, may be very strongly in favor of legislation in Hobart, but in regional areas might actually have complete 180 perspective in that they actually encourage short-term rentals. So regulating in the state level is really tough mm. because states are very diverse places. They have 
urban areas with housing shortages. They have regions where they actually need beds and everything in between. So I think allowing the councils to, to make their own decisions, but then setting a state level framework that sort of allows some wiggle room either way would, would probably be the best way because you want to allow councils that, that flexibility, I would say. But Thomas, as we grapple with a housing crisis across the country, it does feel like there's an increasing sense that Airbnb has outstayed its welcome. What do you think's next for Airbnb? Looking at the data, and I just had a look at the most recent data, I think you're already seeing a diminished appetite by hosts to run Airbnbs for a number of reasons. First of all, you've got this looming legislation threat. So hosts are saying, you know what, I'm actually not interested in, in investing in an expensive property where my ability to rent it out might be curtailed. So I'm sort of giving up on the Airbnb dream. Second of all, a lot of people have sort of divested in, in their second properties as the housing market has surged. And third, I think this is purely an economic perspective. Long-term rents are up. So there may be purely economic reasons why hosts are sort of tapping out and saying, you know what, I've had my, I've had my go at this Airbnb thing and I'm ready to call it quits. Right, okay, but your message is regulation is difficult and if it's done, consider it carefully. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely not uh, anti-regulation, I'm definitely pro-regulation. And when states craft their legislation, they need to consider the diverse needs of communities. All right, Thomas. In the meantime, enjoy Tasmania. Thank you very much. Dr. Thomas Sigler is an Associate Professor of Geography at the University of Queensland. Victoria's 7.5% levy won't begin until 2025. The 60-day cap on short-term rentals in the Byron Shire will begin in September next year. This episode was produced by Nell Whitehead, Bridget Fitzgerald, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.